The NCAA is finally allowing student athletes to cash in. How will this impact startups? Will cybersecurity save your business from the Russian cyber attacks and the hottest investment sectors that will thrive thanks to millennials? Our mission is to bring together the best venture capitalists to compete so you have the insights on how to invest with the best. Now let's meet our venture capitalists jumping in the Thunderdome. Elliot Robinson, partner at Bessemer, just announced two new funds totaling $3.3 billion, co-author of Bessemer's iconic 10 laws of cloud computing. Lolita Tab, general partner, The Community Fund, a $5 million early stage fund investing in community-driven companies. Been a part of the Silicon Valley ecosystem for 15 years and also a scout at Lightspeed Ventures. Matt Conwell, Rare Breed Ventures, known as your favorite VC, favorite VC, and owner of the best VC Twitter in the game, runs a $10 million fund investing in underrepresented founders. Nahal Mehta, general partner, ENIAC Ventures, known for getting seed stage companies to Series A faster than any other VC just raised their fifth fund, totaling $125 million. And special guest, Tiki Barber, co-founder of Thuzio, and Julius, entrepreneur, co-host of CBS Sports Radio, and legendary New York football giant. We're excited to present another electric show in partnership with Thuzio, featuring four past primetime VC champions. Hey Tiki, Time to light it up. Let's go. Hot Sectors, powered by M1 Finance. CB Insights recently outlined 12 industries that will thrive thanks to millennials who are the largest generation in history and hitting their prime spending years. As an investor, pick which industry you think is most exciting and why. We're gonna give it over to Mac to kick us off. Mac Conwell, Rare Breed Ventures. Welcome to the How's show. Going, everybody. So I know this question, we're talking about industries specifically going towards millennials, but of the list, I'm really, really interested in skincare and more than skin, I'm really interested in men's skincare and specifically men's makeup. What we've seen over the pan over the course of the pandemic is a huge jump in the amount of men now wearing makeup because they're tired of seeing themselves on Zoom and seeing all their blemishes. And even though we're talking about millennials, Gen Zers are really, really about makeup. If you look at the pop charts, most of the male performers on the pop charts wear makeup or at a minimum wear nail polish. So shout out to a rare brief uh, portfolio company, Faculty World, just announced uh, raised three million making men's makeup led by Estee Lauder. So shout out to them. Shout out to Faculty World. Uh, I actually just started wearing makeup for the show. It's a guilty, you know, I, I'm admitting it. All right, guys, I'm not wearing nail polish, but it's all right. Uh, Lolita might like that company though. She has nail polish potentially. Lolita, which uh, industry are you taking here and why? Okay, I'm gonna go back to our traditional sense of capitalism. I think it's all around personal finance and in particular, the intersection of finance and community. So we are riding on the tailwinds of these community-driven companies. Multiplayer banking is the future. We have 128 million American households who share finances. And what's so interesting I am a millennial and I'm married. 
there's 68% of us couples that have some sort of joint account. The problem is that the stuff that's out there is really antiquated and we have a lot more needs like taking care of our family members. So that's my pick. Finance, good pick. And one finance is our sponsor, First Republic also, but finance, great pick. Uh, let's bring it over to Elliot Robinson. Elliot, what is your pick here? Well, since Alita took my answer, I'm going to answer it uh, <laughs> two ways. One, um, if the answer, if the question is actually what's the most exciting, then it's adult hard seltzer. Like that's an obvious answer. It's a healthy way to get turned up, whether you're at home, whether you're back outside post pandemic, that's the easy answer. But going back to personal finance and fintech, look, you know, I might not be yet the millennial that's buying makeup or fingernail polish. However, my real world is that I live in downtown San Francisco next to the Chase Center where the Warriors play and both banks within a two block radius have shut down in the last year. They've taken all the people out of it. It's fully automated. So when I saw BCG say that 26% of millennials rather go to a dentist than go to a bank and hear whatever advice they have, that's where I know millennials are going, and that's where I know they're spending their time. They're drinking those, those white claws, those high noons, and uh, there's aluminum can shortage, too. So that's insane, and you would never think that. Obviously, a hot topic right now. Uh, let's go over to Nahal. What do you got here? Hot, hot sector. Which one are you betting on? What's up, guys? You know, I can kind of relate because uh, I'm a zenial, I guess. That's between uh, Gen X and, and, uh, and millennial. But um, I think there's two really interesting uh, trends that are happening. One is post-COVID, I think every category has been reimagined and redefined. And I think you can find brand new businesses in very old state categories that are super exciting because of the new behaviors displayed during the pandemic. And secondly, software is eating the world. So it makes all of these new categories even more interesting and more efficient. I think uh, fast food and, and specifically the frozen food market and the fast casual market in, in particular, those areas, everybody's got to eat. People are coming back to the office. Um, we have a company called KitchenMate, for example, that's redefining the food dispensary in the office. Uh, and it's completely automated and it's all software driven. So imagine being able to cook a hot gourmet food at the edge with fresh ingredients right from the machine, you know, when you're back in the office. So kitchen okay. mate, that's right. Kitchen mate it is, good pick over there. We're gonna open up the polls right now for the fans to uh, pick their winner. We're gonna also go over to Tiki. Tiki, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, do you think, who made the best points? I'm wearing makeup right now. You know, I just did my radio show. We're simulcast on TV. So I wear makeup every day. And I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, so back you're on to something. Even though I do love the high noons, because it actually has vodka instead of malt liquor. Those other things have malt liquor, which will mess you up. I almost said the wrong word, but you know what I mean. They're going to mess you up. Um, fast food, I'm more vain. So I don't know if I want to get back into fast food. Mac, you get my point. You get my point. Because I love vanity, and I love men that love to look good. So... Mac, you got my point for this one. And Mac taking Tiki's point. Okay. And uh, we got Lolita taking the fan vote over here. So that's finance right there. Lolita taking the, we have two points right there. And we're going to give that third point over to Elliot. Uh, you know, he's taking two. Listen, you, you pick two. It's fine. I like that. NCAA athletes are embracing a new world of NIL laws. Student athletes can now capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. Barstool Sports, who recorded $100 million in revenue in 2019, jumped all over this rule change by already creating Barstool Athletics. 
Is this a new marketing channel you're telling your portfolio companies to look into? And what other business opportunities will arise? Elliot, we're gonna go over to you for this 100%. one. 100%. So the case study that I think is most important right now is actually Hersey Miller, uh, son of Percy Miller, Master P, for those of y'all who are from where I'm from. Uh, and he's actually going to, his son is, is a rising freshman at Tennessee State. Shout out to all the HBCU grads like myself out there. And what's most interesting is he's got a $2 million endorsement deal going into TCU. Again, shout out to the Tigers. And it's not from Nike. It's not Adidas. It's not Apple. So what you're finding is there's new marketing endorsement channels for companies that typically might have a regional spin, a more local spin, a Nashville spin in, in TSU's case. And that totally opens the game for athletes. And I'm really excited to see where this is going in the future. Master P, right out the gates. All right. Shout out to Master P. Mac, what do you got here? What are you thinking about this NIL laws, how it's going to affect everything? So for me, it's super exciting. One, because now we're seeing athletes start to get some earning. There are some issues. There's some political stuff. Not going to go there. But from a startup's perspective, <laughs> startups are always looking for a way to get to new customers. This is going to open up a whole new way to now approach customers. You know, we have been seeing a lot of stuff going through TikTok. We're seeing the explosion of podcasts. Now you're going to see these athletes who are going to have these niche markets that they're going to be able to, to reach at a very um, high level. And then also, shout out to Cheer Story. Uh, Lolita, just like Lolita, I'm also a Lightspeed Scout. And so one of the companies we invested in, I invested in from Lightspeed as a scout is a company called Cure Story, which is a platform that allows uh, athletes, both professional and collegiate, to now create easy, on-the-go uh, advertising embedded into the content they already produce. And so Absolutely. we're going to also see a whole new market of startups come out of this space. Shout out to founder Tiffany Kelly, doing big things over at Cure Story. Uh, making that influencer marketplace as well. Uh, let's go over to Lolita, your thoughts on this. So I, I have to double down on saying that I'm just very happy that people are getting paid. So much time has gone by where people are not getting paid. So first of all, just, hey, I'm so glad for all the college athletes out there. Personally, I'm not really a sports person, but here's the thing that we're telling our community-driven companies is, look, we need to think about your community-driven go-to-market. And if that includes uh, an athlete who, for example, is in a community of sneakers and your, com your company's all about sneakers, then yes, invite them, make them part of it. But it shouldn't be a, oh, well, now we have athletes who can get sponsorships, so let's add them. It has to make sense and it has to help the company make money because that's what we're doing. Absolutely. This new wave of entrepreneurship coming into the sports world. Uh, Nahal, your thoughts over here on NIL. Yeah, I think it's obviously amazing. Agree with everything it said before. I think, you know, the other trend is uh, the rise of these creators. Uh, and now, the, you know, these athletes can actually become their own creators and monetize all of the channels around that. So whether that's on YouTube, TikTok, Cameo, uh, we have a company called Superpeer. Um, there's so many new channels that didn't even exist two years ago. Uh, add that to now their ability to be, be able to monetize their own likeness and it's going to be ginormous. It's going to be massive and we're super excited. It's nice that it's going to fall into the startup world as well. The polls have opened, so make your votes here who you think has won this uh, question. Tiki, you're close to this obviously, uh, being in the yeah. sports world. I'd uh, love to hear your thoughts and who you think uh, 
took yeah, there's long. it's it's very interesting this space and it's been a long time coming. NCAA slow played this and state and, and local legislatures took control over it as did Congress who uh, put it, uh, introduced a bunch of bills and so they were forced to this, on this July one date uh, earlier this week earlier last week I should say to create a blanket statement so student athletes could go make money. Also in their communities there was examples of kids going to like charity golf games and then getting suspended because they did something outside of the purview of the NCAA. But, you know, I'm going to give this one to Nahal, because I think you hit on something that is really important. Uh, Social media platforms have been confined to two or three right now, but they're starting to grow. You mentioned Super Peer, which is one. I'm involved with another called Display, where they share ad revenue, 50-50 ad revenue with the influencers, and this obviously will be student athletes. That's where the monetization is going to happen simply. Yes, Master P is awesome, Master P's uh, little P got that master that deal because of Master P. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. It's not going to be seamless. Uh, could be a little bit dicey at times, but in a free market system, you need this. And I'm glad it finally is here. It'll be interesting to see if any uh, gold transams get dished out uh, a la <laughs> Eric Dickerson, right? Uh, but what we got over here, we got Mac with a point. Uh, Nahal got that point. And then the fan vote, we have Nahal getting two points. Whoa, big comeback. Look at him, he's celebrating in the background. Good for you, Nahal, you deserve that. Very exciting. Uh, anything else here we missed before we move on? Yeah, of- I think there's one thing you also have to mention. A lot of uh, attention was paid to the Supreme Court um, ruling against the NCAA, but that has nothing to do with name, image, and likeness. It's not saying that schools and universities are able to pay, like compensate like employees, these student athletes. That's just saying that schools and universities can now offer uh, an educational benefit that's monetary. So I look at this as a competitive advantage. It may keep some kids in school, quite frankly. For instance, yeah. my alma mater has a great business school, Darden. If I wanted, if I was a great athlete, but also a great student, and they offered me, hey, here's your scholarship for four years, but if you stick around, we'll give you a, a, you know money to go to Darden as well. You know, I might choose Virginia over West Virginia or Miami or someplace else if they weren't offering the same thing. Listen, I'm a D3 football all-star. I just want to put that out there. I don't think I got to share that with everybody. But I, if even if they're giving me stingers at Rogan's, you know, the, the sandwich job right down the – yeah, it helps. Everything helps. So, nice. hey, it's beautiful. Uh, Ithaca College, represent. What's a future unicorn within your portfolio that's going to be a company everyone's talking about in the next few years and why? Lolita, please give us a shout-out of one of the community funds – uh, portfolio companies. I have to hate you for this question because all of the all TCF companies will become unicorns, damn it. Um, no, but I am going to ch- just share about one um, in particular, which I find just like so interesting, um, Baraka. So there's $500 billion in assets that are going to be transferred to the next generation in the Middle East. And the, re- the region is like yearning for this like ability to invest easily. And so what Barack is doing is providing commission-free stock trading to this next generation and making it in a very community-driven, culturally sensitive way. And so I am super excited for the team. The team is also comes from the background in fintech and they're just ready to rock and roll. Baraka getting the shout out there. All rock stars over at the community fund. Absolutely. Nahal, you've had quite a run as of late. You're on your fifth fund. Uh, I think you were seed and potentially Airbnb, but what, what's a, what's another unicorn that you're gonna you know, bring out? Climate is kind of top, top of mind. Uh, you guys saw kind of what happened last week with that ring of fire in the ocean from a pipeline explosion. 
Um, it's ironic that, you know, we're mapping our skies. We have never mapped the ocean. And so we don't fully understand what's underwater, um, the temperature, the currents, the pH level. So we have a company called Bedrock Ocean. Think about it as SpaceX for the ocean. And so we actually fire off our own little missiles and crafts to run ocean surveys. And the number one goal and the only goal of the company is to map the entire ocean so that we can understand it much better. That's called Bedrock Ocean. Bedrock Ocean. Going to discover aliens down there probably. Jeez. You know, <laughs> dip it down there. Be careful. Uh, Elliot, Vessemer Venture Partners, give us a uh, unicorn that everyone's going to be talking about, please. Every time I'm on this show, this is the hardest question because I'm the cloud software, enterprise software guy. So I don't have <laughs> some cool story. But there's only one answer. It's a company out of Burlingame called Implied Data. They're creating a new category called Analytics in Motion. We basically spent the last decade, everyone's talking about data, big data, analytics, what are we doing in the enterprise? But the reality is all of it's batch data for the most part. No one knows what to do. All the times we talked about, FinTech, even Seltzer, sports, social media. <laughs> you gotta figure out how to analyze this data in real time. And FJ Yang down in Burlingame created and co-authored the Apache Druid project is the most forethinking uh, company in the space. I just led a $70 million Series C, not a unicorn yet. But I guarantee you, if we get back on probably six to 12 months from now, that'll be the next one everyone's talking about. Nice, nice. And Elliot's got that Midas touch, which should be noted too. It's not bad. So, well, Yeah. Mac, what do you got here? Rare Breed Ventures. Uh, You've picked Squarespace in the, in the past, not with Rare Breed, but that is on your resume. Do you have another unicorn to shout out? So the probably what's going to be the first unicorn out of our portfolio is a company called Main Street, but that's a little different than what we typically invest in. So I'm a shout out an early stage company called Withpar. If you go to our website, Withpar is a platform that helps gig drivers be able to manage all the different gig accounts they use, mm -hmm. while also eventually get to the point where helping them choose the right uh, routes to pick so that they can actually make a livable wage while doing DoorDash or Uber Eats. It is an amazing concept. The founder is one of the early employees from Uber when they first came to Las Vegas. He then went to become a VC and he couldn't get this idea out of his head. And so he made with part. And the reason why it's going to be one of the future unicorns, they went from 20,000 users to over 170,000 users over the last three weeks. They are ripping and running. They're killing it. Mark my words, with par, everybody's going to be using. With par, ripping and running. Uh, polls open. Who are we taking here? Uh, Tiki, over to you. Who do you, who do you think? This is a really hard one because commission-free trading is something that I would even use. It's just kind of, it's so confusing for the neophytes in the space and you don't, you get lost and someone's selling you a bill of goods or I, that one's a good one. So is analytics and in in what Elliot is talking about because of, um, you know, at, at UVA a couple of years ago, they created a new, a new field of study in, in data analytics. So we know that that's where it is and breaking down those data points and making them mean something as opposed to having hundreds of billions of data points, which mean absolutely nothing, um, is, is going to be important. But we live, so Mac, I gotta, I'm going with you because we live in a gig economy, right? We, it, it, this, nobody wants to go back to work because of, of, of what's going on uh, with COVID. And so people who used to have steady nine to fives are now saying, well, I can do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And, and currently with PAR is talking about drivers, but I can see this expanding to 
literally anything, right? What about the local plumber, right? Who doesn't want to advertise traditionally and spend all that money. He can just, he can get a gig on, uh, what's it called? It's not Angie's List anymore. It's called Angie, I think, uh, Angie, whatever it is, um, and, and, and track his, his, uh, his, his production that way. Mac, you got my point again. Mac got the point. Elliot has the fan vote over here. So we got one for Elliot, one for Mac, and uh, we're going to give it over to Nahal. I mean, I want to know what's going on in the ocean. I think we know more about space than the ocean. So there's a lot going on. Nahal, like your energy. If I could give you more points, I could. I probably can. I'm not going to do it, but you got a point. Congratulations. All right. Mike Winkleman, better known as Beeple, made history when he sold an NFT of his digital art for $69 million. His new platform, We Knew, is currently auctioning off their first NFT, the moment Andy Murray won Wimbledon in 2013. What are your predictions for the future of NFTs? And is sports the most exciting use case, or do you see a more attractive sector leveraging digital contracts? Nahal? I give you my point, over to you. Yeah, you know, I think um, the concept of NFT has been around since blockchain was kind of created. And, you know, obviously there's been a really interesting hype bubble recently in NFT. Um, I think it's here to stay, for sure. Um, I think that it's a lot more than sports. I think what Dapper Labs is doing with NBA Top Shop and maybe some other leagues is epic. Uh, I'm an investor in a company called Sports Icons and they use older sports figures as well and create NFTs to help them monetize. But I mean, if you look at, you know, there's a Sports Illustrated model, right? Emily uh, R, forget her last name, uh, Retitowski, right? She sells her first NFT for $140,000 because other people are copying her likeness and she wants to take that back. If you think about right, supply right. chains, like actual diamonds and seeing literally where they come from, put those into NFTs, into these actual tokens. So. I think it's really early innings and uh, it's exciting what's happening. I'm glad there's a hype bubble to expose it, but we got a long way to go. Beautiful, beautiful. Let's go over to Mac NFTs, uh, your thoughts on this and is sports the most attractive use case? Mac, we're going to go over to you. So what I would say about NFTs are they're amazing. They're really cool, but there's something the hall brought up. He brought up Dapper Labs. Now here's the thing. When Dapper Labs first came out, they were doing something called Crypto Kitties. They were these little digital cats that people could buy and sell and trade. That turned into what is now NBA Top Shot, right? We are so early in the days of all of this. We're so much in the infancy that we do not know all the different use cases we can get to. So yeah, sports is a great one. Collectibles is an easy one to, to get to. But when we talk about collectibles, people are now doing uh, purchase a piece of a, a collectible car, buy a piece of a collectible watch, buy a piece of a diamond, right? The, the ability to turn anything into an asset, right? These are just early use cases. We don't know yeah. what all is going to come out of this. We're way too early. My prediction Absolutely. is give us another 20, 30 years. We'll really see the power of NFTs. All right. Shout out to Rally Road auctioning off those Lamborghinis that you're talking about as well uh, in, in small little portions, $20 a portion. Uh, Lolita, what are your thoughts on this NFT uh, bubble we got going on here and sports the best? Hi. It's a bubble, uh, but uh, I definitely agree. It's here to stay. I Again, sports is not really my jam, but it is a great application because lots of people gamble and do the play sports. I don't know anything about it, so don't ask me about the sports side. But here's what I can tell you. With the creator economy, with community-driven companies, what's really hot is this ownership economy. And what NFTs gives people a way to do is 
fraction off ownership of anything. Like literally our imagination is the limit of what we can do with NFTs. And if you can create NFTs and everyone can own part of it, then you think about it from a community perspective, everyone owns the gains or the losses. And so you have this really engaged community. So flying my, my community driven company flag here, I think that there's so many awesome applications and, and ownership. Uh, the ownership economy is definitely here to stay and NFTs will be one way of doing that. All right, good points all around here. Elliot, we're gonna go over to you, round it out, uh, thoughts on this NFT and uh, sports the best use case. Yeah, man, there was another ESPN show I used to love called uh, Numbers Never Lie. And the reality is we're $2.5 billion in sales volume year to date, 20, or 2021. Uh, versus only 13.7 million in the first half of last year. So clearly there's something happening. You can't really turn your eye from that. However, I think the most interesting use case that I'm following is actually in music. It's something that isn't being talked about a lot publicly yet, but it's happening. If you look historically, you know, owning your masters, owning your catalog, just the, the kind of underbelly of the music space for the last 40, 50 years has always been a challenge, but these new music producers and new music creators can now own a lot of their digital assets through the blockchain and through different types of NFTs. And the last thing I'll say is uh, because of the, the rights agreements, older artists from even like the early 2000s are now re-recording, um, you know, re-recording the stuff they did in the 90s and able to do it on a blockchain as an NFT and they can have full ownership and figure out who owns what going forward. So music is the number one use case going. Music. I like that. Music with those smart contracts, they're always going to get that 10% royalty fee no matter when it's sold. Uh, no more, you know, Sam Goody or whatnot. You're taking the 10%. Uh, let's go over to Tiki. Tiki, what do you think about the NFT market? What's going on? And uh, who, who's taking this point here? Sports are right. very interesting because everybody gets obsessed with it and they like to talk about it. And uh, we've seen the trading card and the memorabilia market go through significant like peaks, but then they just crash and they disappear. Starting sports is one example is local to me. Um, you know, they, they kind of hit, hit a roadblock and then ultimately got acquired by fanatics, which is now trying to revamp the exact same thing. And so sports is interesting, but it, it's, it's going to be so cyclical that I, that I worry about the valuations that some of these, uh, NFTs are getting. I mean, who the hell has $68 million to bid on something that's not even real? Um, I'm giving this point to Lolita. I know it's a it's 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 more about the collective ownership. And the one example that was given to me when I was trying to figure out what in the F is an NFT, they were like, uh, think about there's many of them, but think about the Mona Lisa, right? The Mona Lisa is only one painting, but everybody has a copy of it. And NFT is, is exactly that amongst many things. It's, it's one of something that everybody has a copy of. So it's shared amongst the community. It has, there's an ownership that is, that is distributed amongst everybody, but only one person has the original. Um, and, and, and I think Lolita hit on that. It's community ownership of a lot of these new, interesting, either sports memorabilia, music, uh, art, uh, or whatever else we can imagine in the near future. So I'm going Lolita. Lolita's got it. Lolita's got the fan vote too, doubling up there. Unbelievable right there. Lolita, not to mention Tiki, let's keep you on for a second. I mean, Eli's got that NFT with uh, Peyton too. So maybe just, right. maybe he was the one schooling you up, but you know, Eli's my guy. That Andy Murray NFT sold for $178,000. You know, obviously tiny considered uh, people did $69 million. Uh, we're trying to, do a little bit of NFT with Elliot. 
Uh, if anyone wants to buy an NFT, got money goes to Girls Who Code. We're working on that. Who actually has that. that much money? Like seriously, where, like is this real money? Is this like monopoly money? What are we talking about here? I don't know. I don't. I don't <laughs> have the money. I don't have the money. The uh, Mac, uh, crypto kings and something from Mac. I know crypto punks. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we, we have our we have our points. Uh, who's in the lead here? So we got. I think we have the. No, Mac is in the lead, and Nahal took the lead. Lolita and Elliot, I'm sorry. If I'm sorry, you didn't make the finals. Stay on, though. We will do a uh, finals a Q&A with everybody. But Mac and Nahal, unbelievable, making the finals. Okay. I have a very high finals uh, conversion rate, but a very low success rate in the finals. But I'm fine with that. I mean, getting to the finals is, 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 is great. I, I appreciate you admitting defeat already in the hall. It's, it's okay. I understand where it's coming from. I've made the finals every single time I've been on the show. <laughs> I've only won three of them, though. So, you know, if you're going to give me number four already, I'll take the belt. I, I like the, belt. the money round brought to you by First Republic Bank. If you were to join one of your portfolio companies as an employee, what would your role be? and what would be the most valuable thing you could offer your team? Nahal, we're gonna start off with you uh, with the highest conversion rate in the finals. Nahal, what's your superpower? Yeah, I think it's gotta be uh, VP of people. You know, um, for us, uh, making sure we can empower everybody in the organization, all of our portfolio founders um, with the right resources, uh, with the right diverse opinions and diversity and innovation. Um, they call me the human Rolodex, you know, for a reason. Um, built up a network through many failed startups and some successful ones that I founded. Um, but I think, uh, I think I'm, you know, that's me, VP of people. Okay, VP of people. Mac, what do you got? What are you uh, joining the team in your portfolio? Well, this is an easy one for me to be head of growth. I'm Mr. Customer Acquisition. I'm all about customer acquisition. I like the money. You get the money from getting customers. It ain't about chasing investors and all that stuff. It's about getting customers and getting partnerships. So bringing my role of debts, bringing my unique perspective to getting customers. You know, I have founders all the time ask me like, I don't have any money. How am I supposed to get customers? Well, for my first startup, the way I got my first couple hundred customers, I just tweeted at people. I just <laughs> used Twitter. For my second company, I just used Instagram. I just posted stuff about people, had them follow me and then converted them to customers. I like coming up with unique things. I like creating partnerships. Head of growth, Head I'm of the growth. rainmaker. I'm here to make the money. And you are the king of Twitter. Uh, polls open right now. Who's taking this in the finals? Uh, Tiki, who do you who do you got here? Head of growth or uh, VP of people? I gotta go with head of growth. I mean, Mac, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a statement. Uh, when I found Enthusio with Mark Gerson and Jared Augustine, Mark, who is a great entrepreneur in and of himself and a fantastic businessman, he said it doesn't matter what your title is. Everybody's a salesperson. Everybody. And if you're not, then you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong space because otherwise we're going to stay flat in the water. So head of growth, strategic partnerships when you're a VC or private equity or whoever it is, that's the most important thing that any entrepreneur can ask for. So head of growth, that you got my point, Mac. Head of growth. Fans, take Mac, head of growth. We're giving Mac three points. That's a three-pointer right there. It's heating up, on fire, right in the finals. I like that, Mac. Good job. Let's move on. The latest Russian link cyber attack is hitting records with a $70 million ransom. The focus on cybersecurity across organizations and governments has never been higher. 
what are the main issues for these companies being attacked and what are you telling portfolio companies in order to prevent future attacks? So we're gonna go back over to Matt. So here's the thing. When we start talking about cybersecurity, a lot of his, a lot of the issues that we're getting has to do with human error, has to do with very basic things. A lot of people are looking for these overcomplicated solutions, but one of the companies based here out of Baltimore called SciDeploy, what they do is they make sure that whenever there's a patch that's needed or an update needed, it, it lets you know that the patch is needed and then lets you know what it will impact on your devices. A lot of firms don't do the basic of just updating all of their software to prevent some of these simple issues. And so I think people are always looking for like a big complicated one, just something as simple as make the updates as soon as they do come out, do the security patches as soon as they come out and be prepared for if any of it messes up any of the software you already have, have a way to look through it. Side deploy, check it out. It's a Baltimore-based company ran by a black woman. Good shout out there. Good shout out. Update your software. Come on, update your iPhone too while you're at it. Uh, Nahal, what do you got uh, with cybersecurity? Give us something good. You know, we've been we've been way behind the eight ball on cyber uh, for years. You know, for decades, it's catching up to us now. In like very obvious scenarios, like you get an email uh, from a, a, somebody that you might know, but there's an extra T in their name and they ask you to wire money or they ask you to click on this link. And you know what? Everybody's falling for it. Everybody's falling for it. And there's just not enough software at all of these layers that we're interacting through for protection. So for example, we invested in this company called Paladin. They help actually cyber insurers with their underwriting process. Think about that. There's insurance for cybersecurity because this is such a big problem. Cyber now has to be a part of everything that we're interacting with. Right, right. Including your email client. Paladin's the uh, shout out portfolio company there. VC funding for cybersecurity in 2020 hit $10 billion, already six months into 2021. We're at $9.9 .9 billion. Tiki, going over to you here. Who are you taking? I think both Nahal and Mac made salient points. However, you, you call out, you shout out a minority owned, women owned vendor when places like JP Morgan and Credit Suisse and all these, that's, that's exactly what they're looking for, especially given the social reckoning that's gone on in this country over the last 18 months or so. Mac, I mean, on the money, brother, on the money. Mac's getting that point. It looks like we're split with the fan vote. It's, uh, we're closing it out. Looks like Nahal squeaked it out. Oh, <sighs> Mac, I don't know, Mac. Do we, are we, it's still moving. I guess we're gonna have to close it out, but it looks like Max stole that from you, Nahal, but I'll, I'll give you a point just because I feel bad for you. It's a sympathy point. Uh, you know, it's not going well for you in the finals, but it's, it's all right, Nahal. You'll be in the finals again. I don't know how far you'll go, but you'll, you know, you're doing a good job. If you could start a company with one professional athlete, who would it be? Going over to Mac to start this one off again. This is a pretty easy one. LeBron James, because he's the athlete who's not only an amazing athlete, but literally has a whole slew of folks beside him to run business. So like, if I'm gonna work with an athlete, work with an athlete who does business already. It's just kind of seamless and works through, you know? So yeah, LeBron James, like I'm gonna take the easy one. I mean, the man just made Space Jam too. Like, come <laughs> on, is there anybody else you wanna work with? Like, I wanna meet Bugs. Don't you wanna meet Bugs? Who doesn't wanna meet Bugs, buddy? 
I'm going with the, the jury's still out on the Space Jam. I'm a big fan of you know Michael's first one, but we'll move on. Nahal, who's your uh, professional athlete you would start a business you with? You know, by the way, I told my six-year-old son that I once dunked on LeBron. Uh, <laughs> he still he tells all his friends this, so please don't uh, don't ruin it for him. You know, I got to go with Simone Biles because uh, what other athlete actually creates literally their own freaking crazy gymnastics routine and calls it the Biles? And literally blows up all the judges' scorecards at the same time. Uh, also, she's been through so much, and she's still so young in her career. Uh, I know she is, like, super epically resilient. She's got more medals to win, of course, but she's got a lot more to do uh, after her sports career. So I'm going to go with Simone. LeBron and Simone Biles, two fantastic athletes. Tiki, uh, Tiki, I want to hear yours first of all, and then I would like yeah. to see you pick a winner here. It, this, is a, this is well, I want to pick the winner first, and I'll tell you mine. I, it's LeBron. I mean, how can you not go with LeBron? I mean, he, it's, it's it's marketing integrated, <laughs> like right away. It's, all right, how many million followers do you have? Oh, fifty million. Great. And he's gonna have a hundred million after after Space Jam two. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, Space Jam two comes out. So Mac, you got you got my point again. You swept you swept in the finals. Man. Um, it, you know. I, I think I would probably go with a guy, even though he lost today, uh, and Roger Federer, because he's international. He crosses over. It's a sport that's not going to – he's not going to necessarily get overtaken by a, the next generation. And if that next generation does come, it's going to be, I don't know, 20 years from now. LeBron, there's going to be great players that we're talking about almost immediately after in the NBA. That's not to knock him. He's going to go make $500 billion in his career because him and Maverick Carter have so much set up. He's going to dominate Hollywood just like he dominated the NBA. But I, I think I would go with an international player who has a reach um, that's, that's it's obviously American, but it's, it's, it's China and it's, and it's Europe and it's India. It's everything. So I, I'd say Roger Federer. Okay, good. That's a pretty damn good answer right there. I would, you know, so I think the fan vote we got here, uh, Simone Biles with Nahal getting that point. I think we're going to go with uh, Nahal, Simone Biles, but it's not going to get him where he needs to be. So we're going to give Mac another belt, man. Just another belt on your tie. Congratulations. Mac is our winner. Unbelievable win. Uh, against the, the, the champions. Uh, against the, the, the great, work, great work, Great work. The final word. Thank you, everybody. Really appreciate it. Um, it was great to be here. I clearly don't have a speech ready, but since we did talk about the issue with NCAA, the NCAA with the name, image, and likeness issue, I want everybody to understand that the athletes now have the ability to make money on their own image and likeness, but they're still not getting paid by the NCAA who is the ones making the money off of them currently. The schools aren't paying them. The NCAA isn't paying them. They just told them, hey, we're going to keep getting the billions we get already. If you want to go find some scraps or some money on the sides, go figure that out on your own, which is a step forward, but understand it's just a step. We're not all the way there. So please, 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 Understand, don't let the little, the, 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 the shiny thing over here fool you. There's a lot more to get done. Appreciate you watching. Be sure to follow us on social. Check out the podcast. Reach out to our partners, First Republic and the M1 Finance. Hit me up. I'll give you the direct link. Appreciate you. See you next time.